Good morning. How are you all keeping? Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. This morning it's a privilege to be here as we are doing our faith promise season and community on a mission. One of the key things, I think the biggest part is that we are called for much more. We are called for much more by the Lord. I would like to start this morning and say that it's a privilege that we can partner with God. Because God is always busy with big things. God is always concerned about big things. And so I would like to ask you please to open your scriptures in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35 to 38. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. If you are there, say amen. amen. I'm reading from the NIV version. It says... Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I would like for you to go to the next chapter in chapter 10, verse 1. Chapter 10, verse 1, just the next page. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. To heal every disease and sickness. I would like to make another request, please. If you can open with me in Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 3. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 3. It reads like this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you like lambs among wolves, like lambs among wolves. I would like for you to please open with me in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we want to thank you. There's none like you in all the earth. What a privilege, Lord Jesus, that you came for us, that we were lost without you, but you reached out to us because you had compassion, because you loved us. Thank you, Lord. I pray this morning 
as we engage with your word, Lord, as we speak through it, Lord, that you will speak and establish things in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, the title of my message is Community on a Mission for the One. Community on a Mission for the One. Now, one of the key things we must always remember is this main point, is this. God is on a mission in this world. God is on the mission in this world. When we start to read about God in the Bible, God is already busy with something. God is already occupied with things. God is missional in who he is. God doesn't sit and idle anywhere else. God is missional. How do we know this? We see throughout the Bible, this is the story about God. The Bible is the story about God, who he is, and about God towards us men. And God, we see in the world, he creates the world and birds and animals, everything. He puts everything together because God is on a mission. God's intention is to build something beautiful, and the privilege is that each one of us here, he wants us to be part of that. And so God is missional. How do we know this? We read throughout the story in the Bible that God's heart is to redeem mankind. When Adam and Eve fell from the Garden of Eden, God wanted to redeem them. He wanted to redeem mankind because things were no longer the same. It was difficult for God to see the condition of mankind. The fallen nature of mankind was difficult for the Lord to look at. And so God's intention was to redeem mankind. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, God was already on a mission to reach out to them and redeem them. And so God's heart is to redeem mankind into an original form, an original condition. At this moment in the world we live in, we know for a fact things are not the same. Are not the same are not the, it's like you feel inside. This is not how things actually should be. Something is wrong. Bad things happen to good people. Something is wrong. People are cruel. There's no kindness. There's no love. People are selfish. We know there's something wrong with mankind. And God tells us in the Bible that he's on a mission to redeem mankind. So God is in the mission in this world to redeem mankind. The second part is God is on a mission in this world to restore relationship. To restore relationship. We know that God, after Adam and Eve fell, he killed the lamb and he put clothes on them because God wants to restore relationship. We also know the fact that God asked the question when Adam was hiding. He said to Adam, 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 where are you? God's heart and his mission is to restore and to redeem relationship. He wants to redeem this relationship. He wants to restore us to the way things were. But the way things are now, they're not supposed to be. The way things are now is difficult because his heart was to reach out. And so God, throughout the time, he's been on a mission. When he says, come and join me and be part of my mission, it's not because of his giving you some duty that you cannot do or some duty that is lording over you. No, God was already on a mission. And so God's heart is to restore. God's heart is to redeem mankind. The third part, God is on a mission to renew creation. God is on a mission to renew creation. We hear all about it, droughts, 
floods, natural disasters. We hear all about it all the time. We hear how there's drilling of oil that is just messing the whole environment. There's gas. There's so many things that we do to harm as mankind because we are in our fallen nature. We hear so many things that are going wrong. We read throughout the scripture, through the story of God in the Bible, that he wants to renew all creation. That the way things are now, they are like, ish. But he wants to make them right. And so everything that God is doing is to show that his heart is missional. His heart is that everything be restored, be redeemed, and be renewed. He wants to restore all things. His heart is to restore and to bring it back to where it should be. And so we are called into the story and we see how God is working in the story of the Bible. And it's not that easy because God has to work with our wills and with our hearts and the journey is difficult. And so if God's heart is to redeem, restore, renew, how is he gonna do this? What is he going to do to make us aware that this is his heart? This is his heart to draw us back to him. To make sure that things are not the same as they are now. If God is missional, what is he doing to make a difference in our lives? What is he doing to draw us near to him? Before I go to the next point, there's a story of a preacher who went to this conference and he packed his car and he t- opened the door for his wife and took out uh, the Bible and the bag and he started walking. And towards the conference, close to where the conference was being held, stood this guy with a loud hailer. And this guy was apparently preaching the gospel. But you know, this guy wasn't kind in his words. And these were the things that this guy was busy saying. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. Repent because if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to hell. Repent. Come now to the Lord. Make your way to him. Repent. Repent. And the preacher was going on like that with a loud hailer. Now this preacher was walking hand in hand with his wife. And he turned to his wife and he said, you see, these are the type of people we don't need in the church. These are the type of people that make the gospel very difficult for us who know what the Lord wants. The Lord doesn't speak like this to people. And this guy doesn't stop. Repent. If you die tonight, what's going to happen to you? Repent. And this preacher was bothered. He was bothered by this. And so they went to the conference. They came out of the conference. This guy was still there with a loud hailer. But this time, there were about seven, eight people around him, talking to him. And this preacher with his wife, he was interested to hear now, what is this guy saying to these people? And so he walked a little bit closer to listen closely to hear what is he saying. When he came closer, he listened. And he heard this guy leading people to the Lord in prayer. And his wife turned around and he said to him, how many people have you led to the Lord today? You see, our call 
to God is not supposed to be perfect. You don't have to have all the right boxes ticked for you to be able to share his word. The harvest is plenty. It means God is already busy with people's hearts. God is already preparing people so they can be ready to hear the gospel. Why? Because his heart is to redeem, is to restore, is to renew all of us. The second point I wanted to highlight is this. Jesus comes sent by God, God in the flesh. He comes and he initiates and he advances the kingdom. Jesus comes, initiates, and he advances the kingdom. You see, the kingdom wouldn't have worked if God is there somewhere in heaven and he's looking down upon us. We know the song, a famous song. God is watching us. God is watching us, God is watching us from a distance. Sounds nice, the song. It's just not true. (laughs) Why is that? It's because God came in flesh, and he says, I'm Emmanuel, God with you. Not from a distance, here, with you. And so... Jesus comes in flesh, God in the flesh, but he comes to initiate and advance God's kingdom. What does Jesus do? Jesus comes to destroy the devil's works. He comes and he crushes him and he says, you know what, that's enough now. The champ is here. And so, Jesus comes and he destroys the devil's works. But also Jesus does something else. He personally goes to every single town and he speaks this gospel. Repent for the, for the kingdom of God is near. He, in other versions it says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. God is not far. God is near. And so he personally goes and he preaches this gospel of the good news that God wants to redeem, he wants to restore, he wants to renew. And he makes sure that he comes in the flesh. He comes to destroy the devil's works. What else does this Jesus do? If he doesn't only destroy the devil's works and goes to town to town, Jesus appoints the 72. He appoints the 72. He passes this message to other people and he says, listen, this is so much good news. More people need to hear about it. They need to hear that God is near. God understands. God is with them. God wants to make all things new again. And so he sends out the 72, and he says, listen, I'm sending you out. Go into different towns and tell the people about the good news. Not only does he do that, Jesus walks with his disciples, his 12 disciples, and he says to his disciples, go also and make disciples and make followers of me and my teaching. And so he goes and he does this, Jesus. He initiates, but he also advances the kingdom. He spreads it across, he tells the people, listen, go and tell more people. The harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Is there hope out there for the one? Can the one hear about this love and enjoy the celebration that God came to redeem, to restore, 
and to renew. And so Jesus comes to destroy the devil's works. He comes and he personally goes so people can know he means business. He sends out the 72 and he says, come, go, tell more people. He commissions the 12 and he says, go and make disciples. You and I are here because of the 12 that went out to do this. And so that's what Jesus did to initiate and advance the kingdom. Now there's a story of a lady, her name was Anne Kimmel. She was one time driving from, uh, was flying in from somewhere, and she went into this uh, cab in America, obviously, and she got into this cab and she was driving, but she had made a decision with the Lord, and she said, Lord, I want to make sure that every time I have an opportunity to share you with someone, that I would do it. No matter how I feel, no matter what I think of that person, I want to be able to share your gospel, your, your, your truth with them, and who you are. And so Anne came out, got in the cab, hi, hi, to the driver, hi. And after a moment, she asked the cab driver this question. Sir, can I please ask you a question? The driver said, yes, you may ask me a question. Said, sir, give me one word that defines your life. Give me one word that defines your life. The cab driver kept silent a little bit, and he said, can I give you two words? And then Anne said, yes, of course, you can give me two words. The cab driver replied, and he said, bored and unhappy. Bored and unhappy. And Anne said, why do you say bored and unhappy? Don't you have someone, family member, a wife, a child, an uncle, a brother? The gentleman said, no, I don't have anyone. I don't have anyone in my life. And that's why I'm bored and unhappy. Anne said to this cab driver, sir, is it fine if I sing a song for you? The cab driver said, Yes, of course. And started singing this song. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He is so good to and Anne sang the whole song all the way. And when she was about to get to her destination, she opened her purse and wanted to pay the gentleman. He stopped and he says, no, please. Don't do that. Who were you, to Who were you singing about? Is this Jesus you were singing about? Anne said, yes, it's Jesus. You know, this Jesus, he, he laughs with me. He cries with me. When I'm down, he picks me up. Without him, I cannot do anything else. But with his love, I'm able to do so much more because he laughs with me, he cries with me, and he walks with me. And Anne asked the cab driver, and he said, Sir, would you like Jesus to do the same for you? And the cab driver said, I've never heard anything about this Jesus. I would love to walk with him. I would love for him to laugh with me. I would love for him to pick me up when I'm down. 
Because of that, because of what you did today and sang for me, I know for a fact I will never be alone. You see, there's something, if you're a believer in Jesus, that God has put inside of you to share with others. It might not be much, but you know the Bible tells us, others they plant seeds, others they water, God makes it all grow. And so it is important that we know, we know that. The third point, the third point. The third point is the Holy Spirit enables us to advance this mission. The Holy Spirit enables us to advance and continue with this mission. You see, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we are not actually capable of doing it. But the Holy Spirit comes to empower us, to enable us to do this mission well, to speak and to encourage people. He comes so that we can give others hope that Jesus is the living hope. He's not some theory out there. He's living. He's alive. If you want him, you can make him part of your life. And so he comes, the Holy Spirit, and he wants us to share his word, God's word, who Jesus is, the mission of God to redeem, to restore, to renew. He comes and he says, come, go and share with others. Share this hope that God is interested, that God is near. And so it's important that we remember that the Holy Spirit comes to do that. The Holy Spirit also comes to teach us and to help us so we can point people to Jesus. We can point people to Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit highlights who Jesus is. And when we know who Jesus is in our lives, we are able to go and tell others and we say, come, the Father is looking for you. The Father wants you to be part of his family. The Father wants you to be part of the life that he has for you. And so the Holy Spirit comes to do that. The other part that the Holy Spirit comes to do is to give an eternal perspective. You can live a life where everything here we are occupied with. Everything here, we just go in left and right the whole time. If there's a crisis here, we run there and we resolve a crisis. If there's a crisis here, we go there and we attend it. I want to touch on something a little bit sensitive this morning. If you live in South Africa, you would know at this moment in time that there is a, a concern around things with the farmers and the concern that we have around the farmers and the community and the declarations of things like fights and war and things like that. I want to just highlight that, you know, in, in our lives and in our lives with God, we, the people that know the Lord and that walk with him, our perspective needs to be different. In South Africa, there is already so many uh, murder cases and things that are happening, people dying every single day. And the God's perspective into this is that not only is a group of people going to be the ones that are highlighted in any given time, because God has called us to a much bigger thing. We are called, each one of us who says Jesus is Lord, we are called to show concern for every single 
group of people. Not for one group of people, for every single group of people. Because God is on a mission for all of us that we should know that in times where there's crisis, even though there's a crisis there, God's perspective is for all, not for a few. And so when we go through difficult times, like we are having now in our country, it's one aspect, but the aspect is that actually everything that is happening in our country, in our nation right now, there are so many other things that are also taking place. But God doesn't only have one focus on one thing, like we would. He wants to focus on everything. He wants to focus on the orphans. He wants to focus on those that are poor. He wants to focus on those that need healing. He wants to focus on every single area of life. And so when we go through challenges and through challenges that overwhelm us, we must always say, God, what are you saying? God, what is your perspective? God, what is your word saying? God, how must I move from here? God, how do I do this with you? And so we are called that we may move with him. Not move by flesh or by sight, but by, by faith. We need to be moved by him, by the spirit we can do all things. And so it is important that we pray for our nation in this time, that we can say, God, your mission, your love, your important parts that you want to cover in the whole nation, you help us with that process. And so it is important to do exactly that. There was once a man born in an apartheid era, and during that time, he was working with, he was a young boy, he was working with his mom hand in hand in town. And normally in, the, in that time, in those laws, whenever you see a white person, a white male normally, if you see him coming on the same path that you are on, as a black person, you would have to stand on the side and wait for them to go past before you can come back on the walk path and continue on your journey. And so this young boy was working with his mom, and one day, after some time, this thing has been happening, one day, he came across this one white male wearing an Anglican, I don't know what they call this thing that they call, the collar and everything, he was wearing all those things, and he was walking on the path, and when the mom saw this man coming their way, she stepped on the side with the boy on hand and waited so the man can come past. But before she could do that, the man himself went on the side of the road while she was still coming. He stood on the side of the pathway. And when he stood there, the mom walked and he she looked a bit puzzled, and she walked past. And when she was about to walk past, the gentleman took off his hat and greeted her. And he put back his hat, he went back on the pathway, and he kept walking. The boy in hand asked the mom, and he said, Mom, who was that? Why did he have to do that? Why did he have to do that? The mom responded, and he said, and she said to him, my son, that man is a man of God. And the boy kept a bit quiet, and he said, Mom, when I grow up, 
I want to be a man of God. When he, when he got up, when he got up, when he grew up, that man we know today as the Archbishop Desmond Tutu. That was the boy that was in hand. I would like to ask for my incredible volunteers to please come on stage quickly and to please assist me with my beautiful illustration. How do you like the table? I think it's the coolest. Thank you. If they can please quickly come on stage, I would like to illustrate something. Thank you so much. Please take a seat this side. So I want everyone to see you. Thank you. <clears throat> I wanted to highlight something this morning. Please grab some food. Uh, don't be shy. Open some water. Eat some meal. <laughs> um, by the way, it's, it's ribs here and salad and... <laughs> I'm making you all hungry, hey. I want to say that, you see, the Lord is, is a father. And God being a father, he wants each and every person on his table. If we are enjoying the company of God and we know who he is, and we are enjoying his company, we are having something to eat, something to drink, and it's a beautiful thing, the father loves the fact that there are some that are on this table. But interesting enough, on this table, if you look quite closely, there are some chairs that are empty. There are some empty chairs here with people missing on this table. You see, the father wants everyone to enjoy the ribs, the lamb, the steak. <laughs> but there is something missing. There's someone missing. It's a good table to be on. But someone is missing. So the father sits and he enjoys the meal, and it's a great one, if you can imagine this with me. <clears throat> He's enjoying company of each one that is here, and he's saying to Simon, Simon, I'm so glad that you can be here with me. But Simon, where's Melissa? You know, I'm missing Melissa on this table. You know, Rehat, where's Yaku? You know, I'm missing Yaku on this table. And he says, where's Tabo? I'm missing Tabo on this table. And he says to Lutulo, Lutulo, where's Lebo? Where's Richard? Where's Jane? I'm missing them on this table. And so each one of us, if we can look around in the auditorium this morning, and you look at every single empty chair, every single empty chair represents the one who's missing. Who's missing on this table of the Father? They are missing because we may know about him, but we may be shy, we may be uncomfortable, we may feel we are overstepping our boundaries. But the Father this morning is saying, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Look at how plentiful these chairs are. There are so many chairs that are empty. And he's saying, go and reach out. Go and tell them how good it is to be on the Father's table. There's ribs, there's salad, there's... 
Because the Father's heart is that everyone can be on his table. Perhaps this morning you are missing on this table. You know the Lord has been speaking to you and he's saying to you, come, I want to connect with you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to redeem and restore you. Perhaps you are missing on this table. I want you to please follow me in this prayer because the Lord, his heart is that you would be on this table. That this chair wouldn't be empty because we will be missing you. I want to invite you to please bow your head and close your eyes. If it is you and the Lord is putting a nudge on your heart, I want to lead you in this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for me, that you came to restore a relationship, to redeem me from my ways. I ask, Lord, that you may forgive me of my sin. From this day onwards, Lord, I choose to live for you. I choose to walk with you. Lead me, Lord Jesus, that I may be yours and live the life that you've called me to. In Jesus' name, amen. If it is you this morning, I would like to invite you right here, right now. I want to invite you to come so that our pastors can be here and pray with you because we want to encourage you. The walk with God is not somewhere hidden. It's in the open because he wants to make a display of his goodness towards you. He wants you to be part of this table. He wants you to be part of this table. So if you are here and you say, Lord, it's me, that's me. I prayed, I prayed that prayer. I would like to please invite you to please come. Our pastors will meet here with you. Our pastors will be here to meet with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I would like to encourage you that there's nothing to be ashamed of or worried about because God's heart is for you. He is reaching out for the one, and you are the one, and he wants to walk with you. To walk with him is a beautiful thing, the greatest adventure that one can ever, ever do. Well done, my brother. Well done. The other question this morning is this. The other question this morning is this. Are you here this morning and you are walking in a relationship with the Lord Jesus? You know him. You've walked with him. You know who God is. You are part of this table. You are part of this table. If you are here this morning, I want to put a challenge towards you. Not from a place of pushing you, but from a place of an encouragement. To say, look at the chairs around you. For as long as you see them empty, they will always represent those that do not have a relationship with him. They will represent those that are missing on the Lord's table. I would like to invite you to please stand. If you are saying in your heart this morning, Lord, I would like to do more and speak about you. I would like you to lead me in, in my heart through the Holy Spirit 
to encourage those that need to hear your voice, that those that need to walk with you. I would like to pray for you today. Father, I pray that, Lord, if there are those that are here this morning and they say, Lord, I need you. I need you to help me to reach out to those that are out there and that I'm living with, that, God, you would help me to speak about you and what you've done in my life. Sometimes we don't need to look for a story out there. Our story, what God has done, is normally enough. And so I pray for them this morning that each one of us will have the boldness through the power of the Holy Spirit to reach out to those around us, that we will move from just being a community but a community on a mission for the one who's missing on this table. I want to pray a prayer over you. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week.